everybody. We get to start off this year with a baptism. Uh, this is my this is my buddy Stephen Fry. Um, you guys may remember him as a kid. He has made his way back in his family to Burlington Baptist. Let me say hi to everybody. <laughs> so it is my pleasure to baptize my brother Stephen in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a great way to start the service, amen? All right, well, Danny's getting back down here. I'm going to read some scripture for us. And uh, this is coming from John 1, verses 29 through 34. This says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him. Before this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have bore witness that this is the Son of God. If you guys would pray with me before we start the service. Lord, we just uh, we thank you for today. We thank you for giving us all this opportunity to come into your house, Lord. Lord, uh, we thank you for another baptism and uh, another person joining, joining you and uh, joining this family, Lord. Lord, we... Uh, we just thank you for Harold and his ability to lead, and Danny and his ability to lead, Lord. Uh, I pray just a, a special blessing over the service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I got no shoes on. I, got <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't have time to get my shoes on. But let's, uh, let's stand together this morning, and uh, we're going to just wave at somebody and tell them that you are happy to see them in church this morning. Such for the light of day in the dead of night. 
We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run the things you know just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. You feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save him. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain breaker. you believe it, if you receive it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, say them. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain breaker. you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save him. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom, save him. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain breaker. Amen. You guys have a seat. Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. What an exciting way to transition to our first Sunday of 2021 with a baptism. Uh, I'm excited you guys are here this morning. Uh, my name is Jonathan Brewster, and I am your minister to young adults. I'd like to just take a moment to welcome everybody here. Uh, if you're a guest with us this morning, welcome. Uh, if you're listening with us online, following along there, uh, welcome. Uh, if you are a guest this morning, we'd like to encourage you to grab one of our connection cards. Uh, you can get those at the starting point desk that's right outside in our atrium area. Uh, if you would, just fill one of those out. It's a great way for us to get in contact with you. Also, if you're listening online and you're a guest, uh, you can actually get one of those connection cards through our website and just kind of connect with us that way. If you're not a guest and you have something that you'd like our staff to know about or something you'd like us to pray for you about, the connection card's also a great way for you to do that. So last month we had our Lottie Moon Christmas offering and we had a huge goal for that of $20,000. As Beth mentioned last week, we actually passed that goal and so we are beyond $22,000 now. Yeah. So thank you guys for your sacrifice. Thank you guys for your giving. All of that money goes toward mission work, and that's going to be 
a great and exciting thing. So this afternoon, we actually have a prayer meeting. We're going to meet here at the church about 3.30, and we're going to spend some time in prayer, kind of praying for the new year and, and everything going on there. And then we also have a men's breakfast coming up. It's going to be January 16th at 8.30. Uh, if you guys would, uh, please uh, register for that online. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a time of fellowship, and we're going to talk about some of the discipleship things that we have planned for this year. And so that'll just be a great time for us to be together. And so as we continue worshiping this morning, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have just to gather here together, whether we're here in the sanctuary or whether we're online. God, I, just, I thank you for this opportunity just to be with you. God, I pray that you will help us to just focus our hearts and our minds toward you this morning as we continue to worship you and just be with Pastor Harold as he continues to bring your word to your people. God, we love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at you to stand with us uh, again this morning as we sing. This is one my dad used to sing quite a bit, and uh, we just got a text message a little bit ago. He's on his way home, so we're, we're excited about that. i 
have a seat. So I told the first service about the text message chain that we have going out of the blue. I text the group and I said, Lindsay, what's that song you sing about being okay? And she knew right away uh, it's this song. But I've heard it on the radio about 25 times. That's how I know God's trying to get my attention with it. But uh, <laughs> um, there's a, a line in the pre-course that talks about, you, can you make something from the wreckage? And I think a lot of times, I feel like my life feels like that when things are going haywire, especially last year, um, when things are going crazy and you don't really have any control over anything, but uh, he will take it and he makes something beautiful out of it, something more beautiful generally than, than what I can ever kind of imagine, so... Go! 
Thank you. We know it's going to be okay, don't we? Because we know who's on the throne, don't we? Yes. We're going to start a new series this morning called Turning Our Eyes. Let me step on your toes. Oh, sorry about that, Danny. Uh, Turning Our Eyes Upon Jesus, and uh, I want to say Happy New Year to you. Now, I gave a little challenge for the first service, and I'm going to just give it to you too. Anybody up for a challenge, New Year's challenge? Sure. Okay. So, I'm going to call it three by three. You know, we have a two by two podcast, but nothing to do with that. Three by three, I'd like to get you during the month of January, three times a week, call three people. Is that pretty easy? Three times a week, get your directory out, call three people, just check on them. Can y'all do that? All right, who will do it? Okay, I'm not going to check on you. I'm not, you know, if, if you have to call the same person every week, and that's okay. Just get your directory out. Call, listen, you can call your neighbor as well, but uh, let's do some ministry this month and check on one another. If you're listening online, you can do this one. Get your directory out call three people three times a week and so that'd be the first one and then the second one is last year we did who's your one and uh, you identified somebody that you prayed for last year to be saved and I'd like to do that again and I think as believers we ought to always be praying for someone to be saved and so I have these cards again if you want to put down the first name of who you're praying for I'd love to join you in praying for them uh, you can uh, email me hbest at burlingtonbaptist.org if you're online and uh, send me your person and I'll pray for them with you. I'll go visit them with you this year. Uh, uh, so you can do that, or you can send me a, a text just to let me know who it is. Uh, but we want to be praying for, for the lost. And uh, so do that. And uh, if you want to come at 3.30 today, we're just going to have an informal time of prayer for the new year. And I'd love for you to be a part of that. Uh, but Turning Our Eyes Upon Jesus is the, the new series. And we know that 2020 was a tumultuous year. And there's nothing more important for us to do than to turn our gaze back upon Jesus because Jesus changes lives. And uh, listen, every time we gather, I I want us to encounter God. Anybody vote for that? Anybody want to encounter God? And listen, not just today, but but every day and every time we gather. And we see in Scripture some, some times where there were some special encounters with God. Obviously in Genesis, uh, Adam and Eve, they walked with God, and, and we saw how sin messed all that up. Uh, Moses went up on Mount Sinai and, and was there in the presence of God, and his face shone because of that. Uh, Isaiah had a vision of God in uh, Isaiah 6, and he saw the Lord sitting on the throne. Uh, but my favorite uh, encounter with God was John's encounter on the island of Patmos, recorded in Revelation chapter 1. And so we're going to start there this morning. And uh, if you find your, your Bible and find Revelation chapter 1, I invite you to stand with me. And uh, we'll honor God's Word together. And I also hope maybe you'll uh, make some, uh, take some steps to, to read the Bible this year. Uh, at least a little bit every day would be good and spend some time with the Lord. 
There's some Bible reading plans on our website if, if that would be helpful to you. And it's day three, and so <clears throat> you, you might be a couple days behind, but it'll be worth your time to, to catch up. And so let me encourage you in that. And in Revelation 1-9, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna, to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I'm the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that are, you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this beautiful vision of Jesus. And I pray today that we could turn our eyes to Jesus. Lord, there's so many distractions these days and disruptions and Lots of chaos around us, and, and yet you invite us to, to look to Jesus. And I pray you would help us to do that, not just this morning, but, but every day, to look to Jesus and to see his love and uh, his grace and mercy that he extends to us. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that uh, there might be someone today who will turn from their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus. Thank you for, for Stephen and his faith and his willingness to, to be baptized, to um, profess his faith in Jesus, and we pray others would do that. Lord, we pray you'd speak through your word today, that Jesus would be lifted up and you would draw all men to yourself, and we would praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Some of you love the book of Revelation. Uh, some of you have asked me to preach through Revelation, and it's, it's on the radar, and it might be 2022, but uh, this year we're going to get to Daniel, Lord willing, after Easter and maybe next year, Revelation. But uh, this book begins with the revelation of Jesus Christ. And i just like to point out, this book is about Jesus. He is the, the theme, the centerpiece, the hero, and not just of the book of Revelation, but the whole Bible. This is about Jesus. And, and this particular book gives us uh, some particular promises. Uh, verse 3, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and those who keep what is written in it, for time is near. And so you're already blessed this morning because you've heard, and you'll bless be, be blessed even further if you keep what's written in it. Then verse 7, there's a promise that, uh, behold, he is coming with the clouds. And so one day Jesus is going to come back in the clouds for his church, and so we can uh, be excited about that. And so we come to Revelation, and verse 9, I, John, John is the human author, we know God is the divine author, but John is the human author of this book. This is the Apostle John. This is the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, he is the one writing this book. 
And uh, John specifically is writing this, verse 4, it says, to the seven churches that are in Asia. And he identifies those seven churches for us in verse 11. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. I believe those seven churches are representative of all of our churches. And we find characteristics of those churches in our churches even today. And so it's to the churches. Uh, he says, I, John, your brother. And so as a believer of Jesus Christ, we are brothers and sisters. We're, we're in the family together, uh, the family of God. And so we can call each other brothers and sisters if we want to. That, that would be right. And he says, uh, and, and companion or partner, uh, koinonia there, uh, son koinonia. We're partners in the tribulation. I pointed out in the first service, it didn't say we're partners in a, in a walk in the park. Because the Christian life is not a walk in the park. Uh, it, we're not on a playground. We're in a battlefield. And there's a spiritual war going on for the souls of man. That's why we gather and pray. We pray for the souls that they would, their eyes would be open to the truth of the gospel. And, and as believers, we realize that there's a real spiritual battle going on. And so we put on the armor. We stand. And maybe at the beginning of the year, it's a good time to just challenge you to stand firm in your faith. And put on the whole uh, armor of God. And then he talks about this patient endurance that are in Jesus. Uh, John here is talking about perseverance. Uh, in other words, sometimes there's a heavy load put upon us, and we're to persevere. We're not to quit. We're not to throw in the towel. We're not to get out of the race. Uh, listen, John is writing this during a time of great persecution for the church. And he's not surprised uh, by this persecution, but he, but he says to the church, listen, we're in this together, the tribulation, the affliction, the sufferings for Christ. We're partners for the sake of Christ. And, and, and uh, John tells us that uh, where he's at, he's on the island called Patmos, it's verse 9, on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And so uh, John says, this is the reason I'm there is because I wanted to preach the word of God and I wanted to be a witness for Jesus. I'm guilty as charged. And the emperor Domitian uh, put John, exiled him there to the island of Patmos for those two reasons. John MacArthur wrote this, according to the Roman historian Tacticus, exile to such islands was a common form of punishment in the first century. John was probably sent to Patmos as a criminal. As a Christian, he was a member of an illegal religious sect. If so, the conditions under which he lived would have been harsh, exhausting labor under the watchful eye and ready whip of a Roman overseer. Insufficient food and clothing and having to sleep on the bare ground would have taken their toll on a 90-year-old man. It was on the bleak, barren island under those brutal conditions that John received the most extensive revelation of the future ever given. And so it was a, a, a difficult time for John. And, and it's, it's worth noting that sometimes our, our greatest uh, knowledge of God comes through the, dif, di, the, the, the most difficult trials and sufferings in life. And, and so church, don't, don't ever waste a suffering. Don't ever waste the difficult times because God can use those in our lives and, and in the lives of others. And so being exiled on a remote island would have been difficult. And, and the apostles, John and the others, they understood the cost of following Jesus. And so they expected that there might be tribulation and persecution in church. We, we should expect some of that. 
as followers of Jesus. And uh, John gives us a little more insight into the circumstances. Verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The, the Holy Spirit is the source of this vision. And so John is probably conscious, and yet the Spirit gives him a, a visionary experience. And he makes references on the Lord's day. That's Sunday. That's the resurrection day. That's the day the early church came together to, to worship Jesus. And John says, I heard behind me a voice. Listen, it's Jesus, if you wonder. And, and it was like a trumpet. And uh, what does the voice say? Verse 11, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. And so the seven churches are the recipient. And, and Jesus says to John, write. Don't hide this. There are certain things that he's told to hide, but here he says, write what you see. And what he writes, we have recorded in the book of Revelation. Verse 12, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, if you've read through Revelation, you know that it's full of symbols, and uh, it, it's really nice when the Lord tells us what the symbol represents, and uh, he does here. Uh, verse 20, at the end, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so we don't have to guess about this one. The seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so the church is to be God's lampstand from which the, the light of life shines. And Jesus says the church is the light of the world. And so listen, Burlington Baptist, uh, we're to be God's light in our community. And I, I, I suggest we shine bright for Jesus in 2021. Now, let me point out these lampstands are golden. And the gold was the most precious, most treasured, the most lovely of the metals. And it's just a reminder that the church is not only to be a light in a dark world, but, but we are the most treasured, precious, uh, we're the most precious thing on earth from God's perspective. And uh, we're so precious that He would purchase us with his blood. That's how precious the church is uh, to, to God. And uh, verse 13 says, In the midst of the seven lampstands, or, or, the, or the churches, uh, was one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash around his chest. And so uh, what John saw when he turned was the Lord, one like a son of man. And that comes from Daniel 7, 13, where Jesus is referred to as one like a son of man. But he's standing there in the midst of his churches. Now, you think about John. He's probably a little overwhelmed. Uh, he's an old man by now. Most believe that Revelation was written around 96 A.D. And so uh, he is an older man. He is exiled to a remote island. And yet he quickly realizes that he's not alone. His faithful Lord is there with him in all of his glory and splendor. And John's going to make an attempt to describe what he sees. And, and this, I think, is the best that he could do. And, and uh, I'll do the best that I can do to describe what John saw. Uh, and so the number seven is a number of perfection and completion. And this morning I'm going to double that. And I'm going to give you 14 points. Uh, I told him that uh, the first service will be the last time this year I use 14 points. I'll, I'll uh, have less from now on. But, but uh, 14 points of summary of our beautiful Lord. 
in this passage. And, and let me point this out, that this is a vision of Jesus, not in the future, but a, a present vision of Jesus. Uh, he was in the midst of his churches then, and he's in the midst of his churches now, and he will be until he returns. And for those of you who don't like the church, listen, you got to just do something with the fact that Jesus is in the midst of his churches. He's writing this to the churches, and one day he's coming back for his church. Isn't that good news? Yeah, and so listen, get in the Word and get to know the Christ of this Bible, and you might have a different perspective of His church. Now, she's not perfect, but she is greatly loved by Christ. And, and here's my prayer this morning, is that as we look at this vision of, uh, of Jesus, that we'll see the glory of our Lord. And, and maybe you come discouraged or burdened or maybe battling sin, Listen, I, I think when we see Jesus that you might be encouraged and emboldened and empowered by this vision of Jesus. And so let me start by saying, first of all, first point, Jesus was God. Jesus was God. If we look back to verse 8, the Lord speaking, I'm the Alpha, the First, and the Omega. The first and the last. And a right understanding and view of Jesus begins with acknowledging that Jesus was God. He was fully God. He was eternally God. Jehovah Witnesses and others deny the deity of Christ. Uh, they in particular say that, that Jesus was Michael, the archangel. And listen, if you deny the deity of Christ, you deny the Jesus as revealed in the Bible, you're not a Christian. No other way around it. Jesus was God, is God. Then verse 13, in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man. Secondly, Jesus was a man. Again, the title Son of Man comes back from Daniel's vision in, in Daniel 7, 13. It was Jesus' favorite designation for himself. Uh, I think it was 61 times, 81 times in the Gospels, he refers to himself as the Son of Man. And, uh, and so this is John who spent three years with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He ate with Jesus. He heard Jesus teach. He was there when Jesus was hung on a cross. He saw the resurrected Lord. He saw Jesus ascend back into heaven, and, and that was the last time he had seen the Lord many, many years earlier. And now he looks, and he sees Jesus, and, and he's not covered in blood this time, and, and he's not weak, and he's not in his earthly humiliation, but he is robed in glory, and he is standing amongst the churches. Listen, this is Jesus, the God-man. Now, I said that this title of Son of Man came from Daniel 7. Uh, that's what Daniel sees in Daniel 7. He sees a vision of the coming of Christ. And we know that there were many other Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in the, in the coming of Christ. And so it's worth noting, number three, Jesus is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Uh, as we read our Bibles, we realize that we have 39 chapters 39 books, there's a bunch of chapters in those 39 books, but we have 39 books, and, and sometimes people say, what do I do with all those books? Listen, they're pointing us to Jesus. They're, they're telling us that there's one coming in fulfillment of these scriptures, and, and when John looks, he says he sees one clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. I just noted that this, this isn't so we can answer, answer Bible trivia. What, what's Jesus wearing in glory? He's, oh, he's wearing a long robe and a goat. No, it's, 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 it's symbolic of, 
of, of Jesus and his rose. And I think the description would have uh, turned on some lights for, for the, the audience. They were familiar with a long robe and a, and a sash. It would remind them, number four, that Jesus is our great high priest. Six times in the Old Testament, we see a high priest with long robes and a sash, and they're going into the most holy place to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And now we're reminded that Jesus is our great high priest, and he offered a one-time perfect sacrifice once for all. He offered a sacrifice for our sins, and then he entered into the presence of the Father, which is the most holy place. And his sash happens to be gold. I think that speaks of his royalty. And um, Hebrews 2, 17 and 18 says, Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers, like us, in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. And so listen, church, he is our great high priest. And he can sympathize with us. And he is full of mercy now, we can't linger here too long, but, but one of the things that Jesus does for us as our great high priest is that he always intercedes for us to the Father. Hebrews 7, 25, he's able to save to the uttermost because those who come to God through him, because he always lives to make intercession for us. And so for those of you, especially those of you who may, be, may have a tendency to worry about stuff, man, I just want to remind you that Hebrews 7.25 says that Jesus is interceding for you and I. That, that should take away some of your worries to know that the Son of God is interceding to the Father on our behalf. And then John goes from des describing his clothing to describing his person in verse 14. The hairs of his, of his head were white like wool, like snow. Two characteristics that come to mind here. Number five, Jesus is completely holy. I think white represents his purity. Number six, Jesus is all wise. His, the hairs of his head were white. That seems to be a, a description of, his, of age and wisdom. In Daniel, 9, or Daniel 7, 9, God is referred to as the ancient of days. And it says that his clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. And that description of the Father is now applied to Jesus because he is infinitely wise. In, in the ancient culture, white, white hair was a, a symbol of acquired wisdom and, and experience. Proverbs 16, 31, a white head is a crown of glory. And, uh, and so I, I saw some glory in the first service. I see a little bit of glory in, in this room here. Uh, but the wisdom and the experience of Christ knows no end. He, church, he is all wise. He is completely holy. He is a holy above all things. Verse 15, his feet were burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And that's a picture of his purity and his power. And bronze metal was, would have been purified in a furnace so that it might glow in purity. Listen, Jesus glowed with that kind of purity. He was the sinless Lamb of God. And then notice it says that his eyes were like a flame of fire. That's at the end of verse 14. Those eyes seem to speak of his penetrating insight and the fact that, number seven, Jesus is all-knowing. The word is omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing. And, and listen, we don't always like the fact that Jesus is all-knowing. 
He has knowledge of all things. He has eyes like a flame of fire. He sees all things. He knows all things. We're going to find out in chapters 2 and 3. He knew what was going on in his churches. And listen, he knows what's going on in this church. And he knows what's going on in your life and my life. And listen, there's no reason to, to hide our sins from him because he, we have no secrets with God. No need to hide that from him. Listen, with eyes like fire, he searches and knows every area of our heart. Listen, he knows your motives and mine. He, he knows our passions and our pretenses and our facades. And, and we can hide it from one another, but, but you can't hide it from the one who has eyes like flames of fire. And so, listen, if you're in sin, confess your sins and, and enjoy, find his full forgiveness. His voice was like the roar of many waters. That, that speaks of power and authority. Number eight, Jesus is all-powerful. Back to verse 11, his voice was like a trumpet. And now it says, like the roar of many waters. I, I'm reminded of the, the roar of the waters at the Niagara Falls when they come over the falls. You know the roar of a, a trumpet, the, the sound that it makes. And listen, John is using this strong imagery. It's the power of of Christ. Uh, verse 16, from his mouth came a, a sharp two-edged sword. Th this word that, that Jesus speaks is sharp. The, the scriptures is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it has the power both to, to save those who believe and it has the power to condemn those who reject Jesus. That, that's the sharpness and the, the power of the word of God. Revelation 19, 15 speaks of the final judgment, and it says, From his mouth will come a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. Verse 16 says that his face was like sun shining in full strength. Jesus is glorious. John says his face radiated with light. It was too glorious to gaze upon. And listen, church, our Lord is so glorious. I, I love preaching about him, but man, just see him one day. He is so glorious. And listen, we're going to do the same thing that John did when we saw him. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. That's worship when we fall before Jesus. And we're all going to do that one day and uh, you know, some people say, I, I got some questions to ask when I, when I meet him. Maybe after you get up off the ground, and maybe after you get up, and maybe after you've seen his glory, those questions won't matter as much anymore. I'd like to say more here, but I, I love what happens next. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not. I'm the first and the last. And John sees the Lord and he falls down and, and the Lord comes and puts his right hand on John and says, fear not. What a word of reassurance for John. And, and, and maybe a word for somebody here today who's going through difficult times. The Lord would like to put his right hand on you and say, fear not. I, I'm God. I'm the first and the last. I, I'm Almighty God. We've kind of already discussed the next one a little bit, but let's be sure, number 10, Jesus is eternal. That's what he means, means there when he says, I'm the first and the last. Listen, Jesus had no beginning, and he'll have no end. 
Jesus had the first word in creation. Colossians 1.16, By him all things were created in heaven and earth. In him all things, church was created. Verse 17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And so he had the first word in creation, and guess what? He's going to have the last word with his creation before he ushers in the the new creation in in Revelation 21. And so, uh, verse 18, the Lord specifies, "I, I died. And so, number 11, Jesus was dead. He had a purpose for dying. He died on the cross for our sins. We talked about that in the month of December, why he had to die. He was dead and but for a few days. But then it says, Behold, or, or listen up, church, I am alive forevermore. And so, yes, Jesus was dead, but praise be to God, number 12, Jesus is alive. And listen, we don't worship some dead God. Do you all know that? Everybody in here know that? We do not worship a dead God. Our God is not controlled by death. No. No, He is alive, and He is alive forevermore. And then it says, I have the keys to death and Hades. And so number 13, Jesus is victorious. Amen? Isn't that good news? You always wanted something unlucky, wasn't you, for 13? No. I, I'm, I have the keys, and the keys were a symbol of authority for the Jews. And so Jesus says, I have the authority over death, and Hades is, a, is the grave, the, the place of the dead. I have the keys to those places. And so when Jesus said to, to Lazarus, uh, come forth, he did. Because Jesus had the key to, to the grave. In other words, Jesus says, I speak, and death obeys me. Listen, church, Satan does not determine when we die. We know that? He has no authority over death. Jesus has the keys. Now, listen, I don't fear death because Jesus has the key to death. Well, we don't have to fear death. Listen, if you're in Christ, you don't have to fear death. And I'm not telling you to run towards it. I'm not telling you to be stupid. But I'm just telling you, that Jesus has the keys to death. And there's so much more here we could and we should say here uh, of John's description of our glorious Lord. Listen, nothing, church, compares to the Lord. And my encouragement to you this morning is to gaze upon Him and worship Him and be changed by Him. And Jesus says to John there in verse 19, Write, therefore, the things that you have seen. In light of the fact that Jesus is alive and victorious over death, write these things, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are take place after this. Listen, John begins to write about the future. Listen, Jesus can tell us about the future because he holds the future and he shares it with us. And that's what the book of Revelation is all about. Let, let me just kind of wind down with some encouragement from Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. Those seven lampstands, again, are the seven churches. In verse 13, John saw Jesus standing in the midst of the churches. And so I want you to think about this. We're the church. Sometimes we go through difficult times. Sometimes we do as individuals. Sometimes as a church. And what John reminds us, and what we should remember, is that Jesus is in our midst. 
And listen, I want us to turn our eyes upon Jesus and, and see Jesus this morning, that he was fully God, and, and he became man, and he is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. He's our great high priest. He's completely holy. He's all-wise. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, glorious, eternal. He was dead because of our sins. He's alive, and he is victorious over death and the grave. And that Jesus is in our midst this morning. Can you comprehend that? Let that settle in for a moment. Jesus is standing amongst us on this Lord's day. And not only is he in our midst, but he has a purpose for us. Church, we are to be a lampstand. We're to shine a light in Burlington and Florence and northern Kentucky and North America to the ends of the earth. And so let me ask you, are, are you shining the light of Christ? Are you? Do others see Jesus in you? When you go to work, do others realize that Jesus is there with them because of you? And church, are we? Does, does our community see Jesus shining through us? I hope the answer is yes. If not, we, we better make some changes. Now, I didn't give you the last point, the 14th point. If John saw this glorious vision of Jesus and, and he fell on his face before him, his advice to you and me today would be to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Jesus is Lord. And uh, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of, of Christ, and you've never come in repentance turning from your faith and in, in Jesus and, and faith in Jesus, you've never received the forgiveness of your sins. Listen, when you read Revelation, you should be filled with fear. I, I don't want to water that down. Jesus has the keys, the authority over death and Hades, the grave. And so one day you'll either die or Jesus will return. And instead of meeting Jesus as your glorious Lord and Savior, you're going to meet him as your righteous judge. And listen, he didn't miss anything. He's all-knowing. He is a righteous judge, and you're a sinner. You better fear standing before the one who has eyes like a flame of fire. The, I warn you, it's a fearful thing to stand, to fall into the hands of the living God. And so listen to me today. Turn from your sins and turn to Jesus. Trust in Jesus as the Savior who died on the cross for your sins and who rose in victory from the grave over sin. The Savior who invites you to come and be saved. Trust in Him today. Let's pray. Father, thank You for just uh, maybe giving us a glimpse of Your glory. And Lord, our prayer is that individually and and as a body of believers, we could turn our eyes upon Jesus today and this year. That we could think about Jesus and be reminded of His holiness, His power, His glory, His wisdom. The fact that He died on our behalf. But He's not dead, He's alive, and He's alive forevermore. And, and may we be reminded this morning that He has the, the keys to death and the grave. And Lord, we pray for those who are lost in their sins. Lord, we pray that they'll see Christ 
glorified. And they'll turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus. And Lord, for the church today, I pray that we'd be reminded that you're in our midst. For those who are discouraged, downhearted, I pray that that they know that Jesus invites them to come. The downhearted and weary and find rest. Lord, remind us as a church that we're to be the light of the world. Forgive us for not shining more brightly for Jesus. Help us, Lord. Lord, if there's things in our lives that's keeping us from shining, I pray that we would confess those. And Lord, we want to, to shine bright for Jesus. Help us in that. And maybe we need to confess our sins to you and shine our lights for you. Help us to do that faithfully this year. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to take real steps to turn our eyes to Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me? And listen, I invite you to respond in some way. That last point is Jesus is Lord. The question for each of you is, is he your Lord? Have you turned from your sins and believed upon Jesus? Have you made him Lord? And listen, if he's Lord and you're dealing with something, then he invites you to come to him. He'll help you. And so I invite you to respond. Maybe you want to join the church or maybe you want to start the year off like Stephen did and be baptized as a believer. I, I invite you to do that this morning. You respond this morning as the Lord leads you.
Thank you, praise team. Would you be seated for just a moment? Give me a couple minutes this morning, and I'll get you out of here. First of all, I wanted to give a certificate and a Bible to, to Stephen, and uh, we praise the Lord for you. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Try that again. Yes, sir. God bless you. Listen, we're going to have some more baptisms next week, Isaac and Johnny, and listen, if you want to be baptized as a believer, let us know. We'll We'll baptize you. Listen, you let me know today. We'll come back at 3.30. The water's in there, and it's warm. And uh, we, we want to help you walk in obedience. Uh, I wanted to just for a moment uh, share my appreciation for the deacons. We got six that'll be rotated, or did. I guess they're already rotated off. Uh, we appreciate them. I know Dan rotates off, Dan Fields, and uh, Carl back there, and uh, Jamie. And uh, Deanna was like, yay, Jamie's off. But anyway, uh, and uh, Greg Hoskins, he's at the first service, and Ed Dameron, and uh, is that it? Is that, uh, Julian, Julian. So those, those guys, we give them a little break. Uh, we'll introduce the new ones to you uh, next week, but I just want to share my appreciation for them. Uh, is Carl back there? Carl, come down here for just a minute. And... Uh, Carl was the chairman of the deacons this year, and, uh, man, he went above and beyond. And, uh, you know, I got him a, a pocket knife because uh, you men know how handy a pocket knife is. You just, they're just good for everything. Well, Carl was kind of like that this week, and uh, I just want to thank you for being so helpful this year. And he coordinated the parking lot and the deacons, the dismissing us and all those things. And uh, I really appreciate that, brother, and just want to thank you for – I'm going to put my mask on and give him a hug. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to thank one other person, Debbie Burcham. Would you come down for just a second, and she might kill me for this, but uh, Debbie, last week you all voted on a budget. Debbie's our treasurer. Uh, well, listen, we don't pay her. She volunteers hours. And... Uh, Thank you, Debbie, for all that you do. The, the church wanted to give you a little gift card, and we thank you so much for your time and commitment. And she does a great job, and uh, we just want to thank you. And I didn't want to put you on the spot, but, but thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And listen, I, you know, you hate to start recognizing. I mean, this praise team has been a blessing, and our staff and the media people, Jesse, Jessica and Doug, thank you all for just uh, going above and beyond last year. We, we appreciate all that you guys have done, and 
Uh, we look forward to a new year, but uh, we want to thank you for your past faithfulness last year. Uh, I think that's probably enough. Won't you stand and Daniel dismiss us? Uh, just quickly, uh, the offering envelopes, they're not in yet. Uh, as soon as we get those, we'll be giving those out. Uh, but they're not in yet. Uh, but we'll still take your offering as you leave in those brown boxes out there. And uh, Don't forget you. the clear boxes, which is the Dollar Club. Uh, if we, it's an awesome ministry. I know a lot of times you don't get to see uh, what that thing does because they keep everything kind of quiet, but it is a great ministry. It helps out a lot of people. Uh, so if you feel like giving to that, give to that, and let's, uh, let's pray together. Lord, just thank you for the opportunity to see a baptism our first Sunday back to church, Lord. Just thank you so much for Jesus and what he does for us. And I just, uh, again, want to thank you for this church and all the ways that you bless us and, and how you just continue to move us forward, Lord, and add people, even in a time where it was just, it was interesting, Lord, and we just uh, thank you for that, and again, we just thank you for everything that we've got going. Help us to remember to tell somebody about Jesus this week and each week of this year. It's in his name we pray. Amen.